My name is Kevin Tony, and this is the Uncommon Sense Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hope you're well wherever you are. I heard something uh, this week that has been on my mind, and I wanted to kind of flesh out, you know, how I feel about it here, which obviously is the point of, you know, why I do this podcast is to just kind of hash out, you know, stuff that's on my mind and kind of get stuff off my chest for the most part and share with you, you know, where my head is at, what kind of space I'm in, and just hopefully that, you know, I say something that you may be thinking and, you know, will give you, you know, a frame of reference to know that you're not crazy in, in your thinking. But somebody sent me a video a few days ago and it was, uh, this guy was being interviewed. It was a, it was a clip of an interview with this guy. I don't know who he was. The clip didn't say who he was. It was like, I think it was like less than a minute. Uh, the clip was, but he was being interviewed and he was obviously a former or a, a former active, I guess, sexual predator to children, uh, a pedophile. I don't know, maybe a recovering pedophile. They didn't say, but they were asking him questions about what he would look for in the children that he would molest. And the first thing he said was he looks to target children with a weak family structure, specifically kids that have either a weak father in the house or no father at all. And it really made me start to think, you know, about the reality of what he was saying. I have people that I know personally that have dealt with sexual molestation. They have been the victims of, you know, some pedophile that took advantage of them. Some of them came from, you know, single homes. Some of them did. A couple of them didn't. So what he's saying, there's something there. He also pointed out that he looks for families that don't have any, um, like strong, like a strong value system, specifically, you know, some moral code, religious, um, you know, worldview that they follow. And to me, it just kind of talked about, you know, it kind of highlighted a lot of things that I feel when I look around and I see these videos that come out, you know, on social media where, you know, people are trying to normalize pedophilia. And I don't know if you've seen this out there, but there is a push to normalize a pedophilic, you know, I don't even know if that's a word, but they're trying to normalize the lifestyle, the actions of a pedophile to give them, you know, a pass. You know what I mean? And and, and it looks it looks a lot like the same playbook that they used to normalize the relationship between two men and two women. And it's, 
very, you know, it's it's unsettling for me as a dad who is doing everything he can to protect his children from a society that is dramatically different from the one that, you know, I grew up in. Where I had, you know, sleepovers at my house as a kid. You know, uh, I went to sleepovers as I was as a kid all the time, you know, growing up. That was the thing to do. My parents didn't have to worry about somebody molesting me going to a sleepover. Um, and that's not to say it wasn't happening because it was. It was happening. The instances were just not as prevalent as they are now. And or it's not as widely known as it is now. And so to go from a, a period where I grew up and, the you know, the sleepover was. That was like one of the most fun things to do, you know, as a kid. And those sleepovers went. They weren't just like an elementary junior high thing. They went over into, you know, it was it was elementary junior high. You know, you get into high school and you know you have a friend's house that you can crash at on a Friday night because you're planning to do something on Saturday, especially if you went to church together and you're hanging out on Saturday night and you know that you, you know, well, I can just go to church with you and go home with my mom and dad or vice versa, you know, on Sunday morning. To me, those days are over. Those days are long over. and. It's, it's it's shameful because I don't I don't trust my kids out of my sight, especially overnight someplace. And you know, it's it's bad for them because they'll never my children will probably never experience what it's like to, you know, have a sleepover or go to somebody's house to sleep over. And likewise, I'm not offended when somebody, another parent, is not interested in you know their child staying the night at my house because they don't know me or my wife you know like that they don't know our family and even if you do what i've learned over history you know over time and from conversations with people that i know personally who have been the victims of you know sexual molestation it's not you know it's not necessarily knowing who's going to be at the house, but it's also being able to gauge the potential for who had the potential for someone to come over. These unknown variables that you just have no control over. And so what I mean by that is if I send my son over to, you know, he, he has a friend at school, one of his buddies at school that he's close with, you know, my mother, uh, my wife and I, we, we totally vet his, his family situation, his home structure, you know, his mom and dad are cool. You know, their parents, you know, seem to be, you know, on the up and up. Or his mother, if he's a single, you know, if he comes from a single parent home, whoever the parent is, they seem to be responsible for the most part. And we feel comfortable enough to allow our son to go stay over for a Friday night sleepover for a birthday party. That's fine. But we have no control over the cousin that decides to stop by unexpectedly on Friday night or Saturday morning, you know, takes an interest in my child, you know, finds, you know, a brief two or three minutes alone with my child.
to do something that is, you know, could be mentally, psychologically damaging to them, you know, potentially for the rest of their life. So those, because those unknown variables that, you know, my wife and I have no control over, we opt to just no sleepovers. We just cut out, cut, cut the idea out. And my children don't even, they're not even aware of what sleepovers are. And I think it's because a lot of parents don't talk about it because, you know, the risk involved and the potential for their children to be harmed is, is much, much higher than it was, you know, when they were kids. And I hate it so much because, man, I had the most fun at sleepovers. You know, uh, when I used to go to somebody's house, when my friends used to come over to my house when I was a kid growing up and, and, and I don't know if you, if you heard this in, you know, when I did the father's day series, when I was talking to my dad, he talked about, he made mention about how when we were growing up, you know, our house was the hangout. And that was true. You know, there were always kids from our church were always coming and going the young people that went to our church were always over. Somebody was always sleeping over. You know, some family was always visiting. It was just, we were that house that, you know, we were one of the houses that everybody used to congregate and socialize at. And likewise, my mom and dad used to let me go to my friend's house for the weekend, drop you off on Friday night. I'll see you at church on Sunday. Have fun. And we would do what kids do when, you know, you're playing with your best friend or your buddy or just, you know what I mean? It just, we just didn't have those cares. We didn't have those worries back then. And to fast forward now to 2022, this era that we live in where the sexualization of children is becoming such a normal thing. Are they really, really trying to make it a normal thing? I I just can't I can't take the risk of putting my child in that position. I won't do it. You know, I can't in good conscience as a good dad. I can't do that. And so when I hear this guy who, you know, is a sexual predator, he's probably a registered sex offender. When I hear him say that he specifically targets children that come from weak family structures. A single parent home. You know, he even he even specifically outlined a scenario where, you know, where he would befriend, he will find a single mother who's stressed out and, you know, really uh, being, you know, stretched in all different directions and can't find, you know, any space to herself or, you know, he, he kind of swoops in and befriends her intentionally with, you know, the design in mind to... I see your children, I see your child as somebody that is going to be my next target. And it's unfortunate, you know what I mean, that that happens. And and all it does to me is reinforce what we outlined and what we covered in the Father's Day series. And in, in that it's vital for parents to come together it's vital for fathers to be involved actively. I mean, knowing everything that's happening with your children. 
you know, I give my kids a pep talk every time we leave the house, you know, stay close. Don't, you know, wander off, you know, that whole spill, because it's just it's it's crazy out there now. You know, we see these things. These these constant videos I talked about in the kids lives matter where these teachers are trying to normalize, you know, sexual related topics in the classroom to elementary kids and elementary students. And I just don't, I'll never understand it. I'll never be comfortable watching it. It will always bother me when I see some teacher who feels the need to put this stuff into the classroom, to inject this stuff into the classroom where they're trying to, to make this stuff seem like everybody's doing it and everybody's not. This push to welcome these, you know, ideas for kids to, you know, somehow develop this autonomy from their parents at such a young age and decide who you are for yourself. Don't let your parents define you. That is crazy. It's nonsense. And, you know, I look at all of these these uh, these teachers who want to do these things, these schools that want to create these spaces and these areas in these classrooms and these schools where kids can feel welcome. You know, I think, I think uh, what, what, should, what we should start doing, the parents that, you know, first parents need to get involved. That's the first thing. And after you get involved, we should say, you know what, here is, here's an alternative. If you want to, have this transgender class after school or a group specifically designed for kids who are trans to meet and socialize after school, that's fine. We're going to have a group that meets at the same time, preferably in the classroom right next door to you, where the kids who come from uh, religious families and religious backgrounds, we're going to have an after school prayer group after-school Bible class. I feel like those same courtesies should be extended. You want to have your class? You want to have your trans group or your non-binary group after school? Hey, no problem. We're going to have a Bible class across the hall from, for, uh, for any students that want to come. It's an after-school prayer, prayer group. And let's see how triggered they get. We're letting you have what you want, but you have to give us what we want. And that's how you find out that these people who claim to be tolerant are not. They want to be inclusive, but they want it on their terms. They want it the way they want it. It has to be by their design. And that's where they're hypocrites. They don't want everybody, you know, to have the same opportunities. They just want everybody to get in line with what they want. And if you go against them, then it's time for you to be canceled. It's time for you to be removed. I saw a funny video um, a while back where this, this, you know, this meme video was highlighting the differences between conservatives and liberals. And one of the things they said that, you know, if, if a conservative watches a news show and they don't like what the news is saying, they simply turn the channel and watch something else. But if a liberal is watching that same news channel, they don't turn the channel. They want to take steps to have the news channel completely wiped off the air. 
you know, and that's true. There's no tolerance. There is our way or the highway. And, you know, we rule and either you're either in it or you're in the way. And that is just, you know, it's wild. And so when I look at the landscape of society today where our kids are concerned, it's alarming to me that people have not, you know, had the wake up call, you know, and some people have, a lot of people have, but these kids, and when I say these kids, I'm talking about Gen Z, you know, these millennial kids that have these ideas of, you know, their way is right. And I get it. You know, when I was 18, 19, you know, I thought I knew what I was doing in a lot of things, but there were also a lot of stuff that I had the wherewithal to know. I had no idea what I was getting into. None whatsoever. And I needed guidance from adults. I needed the wisdom of people who had come before me to help me navigate. And so when I look, listen to a guy talk about what he, you know, the, the boxes that he's trying to check off when he's targeting a child that he's intending to molest. You know, I start thinking about how, you know, there are videos that have been floating around. You have therapists and, and psychologists. You know, you see a lot more of it in uh, countries in the UK and England, Great Britain. You know, those European countries where you have these psychologists that will give these lectures. And they'll talk about pedophilia and how we need to take a different um, approach in dealing with, you know, pedophiles or people who have sexual attraction to children. <clears throat> and they're trying to make that sexual attraction normal. They're trying to make it like it's no different than, you know, a man that's attracted to another man. It's no different than, you know, a lady that's attracted to another lady. It's no different than, you know, men that are attracted to older women women that are attracted to older men, they really try to make these one in the same. And <clears throat> there was a time it was, uh, it was a while ago, but somebody sent, you know, another video. It came up, actually came up on my Instagram feed and I tried to save it, but I think the video was removed, but another guy was being interviewed and he was, you know, talking about a group, a support group that, he runs for for what he's labeled uh these people are non-offending uh non-offending pedophiles and the way he presented it is these are a group of people that oh we're sexually attracted to children but we have our urges under control so the public doesn't have to worry about us children are not in danger being around us because we've mastered our emotions and our urges. And so children, he, he, he even said in that, in that interview, children in some cases are safer around me than they are around other adults. And this whole interview was, was set up to make this guy, you know, just really disarming. He was just, you know, just, oh man, look at him. He's harmless. You know, he's just a guy that's got you know, he likes what he likes. And, when, you know, who are we to judge? And, you know, how, how can we talk bad about what this guy is into? 
and it was just it was it was all this Hollywood smoke and mirrors, the way the production was done, the soft piano music in the background, you know. He talked about how, you know, he he tried to, you know, he went through a period in his life where he tried to find when he was in his um early twenties, he specifically went out and looked for a young woman who looked like she was underage. So you know how you see these uh these young girls that are like 19 or 20, but they look like they could pass for being like 13 or 14. He was going out looking for women like that because he thought that would satisfy his urge. And when it didn't, he decided that a life of being single and being celibate was, was the best route for him because I'm not even, I'm not going to find anybody to help me. You know, that this was his mentality. He's not going to find anybody to help him satisfy his urges. So he, it's better for him to just stay single. And to me, it was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. And I was just looking at whoever did this documentary or did this production, the way they, you know, the presentation, they they wrapped it up in this nice little neat package to make this guy seem unoffensive. Man, it was horrible. And it's crazy because at the time, I re- I'll never forget this, at the time the person sent me the video, I just happened to be on the playground with my children. This was at a time, you know, my son was in kindergarten. This was during the lockdowns and he was doing virtual school and he didn't have any connection with the other kids in his class. But his teacher, she had enough sense to say, hey, let's set up a time, you know, or some of the parents got together and said, let's set up, you know, a park play date you know, once a week where the kids can meet up at a park that are in this class and they can just have some time to play together. And his teacher would show up and it was cool. You know, you would have like five or six kids from the class to show up and uh, they would all get together and play and have like a, a legit quote unquote recess, if you want to call it that. And we used to take our son so he could hang out with some of the kids in his class and Man, when I finished watching that video, I looked around the playground and I was looking at all of these kids that were just playing and the innocence that was just like. And I thought to myself, it takes a special type of individual to look at these kids in all of their innocence and derive a sexual attraction. It takes a special demonic possession to do that. And I don't understand, you know, why anybody would want to look at that and think that it's okay to target children in any way to take their innocence before they're ready for it. So fathers, you need to be involved to the dads who are, man, shout out to you, you know, to the kids who are, you know, have that that family structure at home. I I just, I'm, you know, I think that um, we just have to do better. We have to be more vigilant. We have to be more understanding of our, you know, what's in front of us. Because these people are telling us outright. They're telling, they're, they're saying the quiet part out loud. They're giving us what they're looking for. They're showing us the direction that they want our children to go in. And we just got to be mindful of it. We have to pay attention. 
And so uh, that that um, really messed me up, man. Just kind of listening to this guy talk about what he looks for. It made me sad. It made me. It was a mix of emotions I was feeling. I was angry. I was upset. I was sad for kids, you know. And I hoped that any parent that watched it would look at what he was saying and then, you know, kind of step back and take an inventory of their household and make the proper adjustments to keep their children safe and, you know, move away from a mentality that, well, it won't happen to my kid. It can't happen to my kid. It doesn't take long at all. It does not take long at all. You know, it's, it's just, you know, where we are in a society, we have to take care of our kids. We have to protect our children. They deserve it. They deserve that. It's the least that we can do as parents, as good parents who are involved. It's the least that you can do is protect your children and don't let anything happen to them. So I wanted to just jump in here. That was something that was on my mind for this week. It really kind of, these are the things that trigger me. When I see somebody that's trying to harm kids or do children wrong, I get triggered by that because they don't deserve it and they can't protect themselves and so it's our job as parents to do it so I'm going to wrap up there Uh, thank you for listening if you're uh, listening on Apple Podcast please leave a review tell a friend to tell a friend listen to the show and uh, we'll be back with another edition soon And no matter where you go, no matter where you are, remember this, common sense is uncommon.